Welcome to Turning Purple, where we take an in-depth look at life as an independent artist. The good, the bad, and the kiki carry of, of it all. Hey girl. Hey girl. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm ready so, for are you ready for week 10? I'm re- I'm ready I am ready for week 10, but I'm also ready for week 1 of, of um, no more coronavirus. No more coronavirus. Yeah, but well, I'll you're probably... going to be waiting for a very long I'll time. I'll probably have to wait for a while for that everyone one. Everyone is an idiot. Yeah. Time to go out to a restaurant and hang out in public with a bunch of other people. You're going to be waiting a long time because it seems like everyone in America is a dumbass. At least everyone in Phoenix. Oh, girl. I wouldn't say everyone in Phoenix is a dumbass, but I've seen quite a bit of dumbassery going on. There's a lot of dumbassery going on. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of dumbassery going on pretty much everywhere. I'm sure none of the wonderful, beautiful, Terribly enlightened listeners of this podcast. I'm sure none of them are being, are, you know, engaging in assholery. But there are certainly a lot of people. Assholery abounds. I mean, <laughs> they're like, they're actually, they're actually, the funny thing is, I was looking it up. My brother was asking me the other day. Yeah. So, like, what's the deal with uh, Phoenix? Are they opening, did they open the bars? Have they, or whatever? And I was like, I don't really know because I haven't been watching the news or anything. Yeah. But I did look it up and apparently the governor said that the restaurants and bars should not be open. But seems like some restaurants and bars have decided to make their own laws and just do it anyway. Yeah, this is the, the doing what you want to do is very much a part of this state. I mean, the part of this country, part I of think. this country, but like this state in particular, it's kind of like a very yeah. I'm going to do my own thing type of place. Um, and yeah. And telling other people that they shouldn't be doing what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a very, uh, you know, human brand it's of the hypocrisy. American way. <laughs> yes. I think it's a very human brand of hypocrisy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that. So there's that. <laughs> so there's that. But at least we have this. We have this time at together. Least we have each other. We have each other. We have this time together. And for that, I am extremely grateful. As am I. Are you? I, I, I think what, you, you are. think I hate it? I no, hate this. No, I think you do. I was just, it was, that was a very, um, uh, oh, it was, er, like that my... was a very earnest moment for you. Yeah. Well, I, was, I don't get eye contact. Did you hear the sarcasm in my voice? I did. You were not being earnest. Okay. I, I was like, not. I don't usually get eye contact and earnestness from you in the same. The only kind sitting. of earnest that I like is Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> what a great movie. I used to love those movies when I was little. Oh, of course you did. I did. Because I have an excellent taste in cinema. <laughs> you really do. You have wonderful, excellent taste in cinema. Um, not, <laughs> not, ladies and gentlemen, not. Well, let's talk about giving up. <laughs> there you go. 
Nobody cares. <laughs> give up. Just give up. Let's talk about giving up. I, I think it's, uh, this is, it's just so everybody knows, when we initially started, we're not giving up. P.S. Just before I start in the spiel so nobody's terrified that we're giving up or not. Never gonna but give gonna, you up. Well, we're gonna talk about it because there have been times. And I think this is a good time to, to talk about it because we have come to the close of our season. Season I mean, finale! We, season finale because we, when we came up with this idea, initially we only brainstormed 10 topics. Right. So, and this would be the last of them. Uh, so... We're going to have to go back to the drawing board. I mean, obviously, we're going to continue to do this because it's immensely rewarding and enjoyable. And we love all of you. And we love doing this. Uh, But we are going to have to go back to the drawing board and think about, really think about where this goes from here. Um, So I think a good place to start would be looking back on a time when... You felt like giving up because I feel like it's pretty universal yeah. for artists, especially like when I don't yeah. know any artist that hasn't felt like giving up yeah. at some point. It's been like, this is too fucking much. I can't do this shit anymore. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Uh, all of that stuff. I, it's, it's, I don't think there's any more, anything realer, anything realer <laughs> than that sort of. Uh, place. Yeah. Because everybody, I think everybody gets there. I was seriously debating giving up music or I don't know about giving up music completely, but tr- giving it up as a full-time job Um, a few years back, actually. A few, which years? 2000. Is this before? This is when I lived in L.A., so, oh. two th- but 2016, 2017. Really? I didn't know that you yeah. were feeling that way then. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about maybe trying to go into real estate or something. What? Yeah. Because you never shared this with me. And I got to say, it was one, it, it was would after have helped. It was after <laughs> me out immensely if you had shared. <laughs> so, it was after one lot. of my trips home. <laughs> it was after one of my trips to visit my family, which always turned me completely upside down. Yeah, they really do. Because, um, you know, my mom's a doctor, my dad's a computer programmer. And that's a topic for my, next season. My brother's, Family. My brother's a lawyer <laughs> and my sister's a psychologist. So being an independent recording artist doesn't really fit in there so well. They don't really get it. Um, being, you know, at times a literally starving artist, um, hardly getting by, um, and then... You know, it's very intimidating with my family because then when I go back home or whatever, I'm expected to kind of fit into this like I make $150,000 a year like everybody else or more, you know, and it's like Mm -hmm. great, but no, I don't. And I'm not going to go, sorry guys, I'm not going to go out for a $100 dinner. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. It's not what I'm feeling. That's not, you know, and sometimes like, I don't know, it makes me feel like, somewhat of a failure in in a way sometimes because i'm like why am why don't i have what they have you know mm. um but at the same time and i think in that way and also in that way that the very well-meaning way that family can do uh try and explain your life to you 
Yeah. In a way that makes you feel real shitty. Yeah. And Do you I, feel me? Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> certain, certain members of my family have a tendency to treat my job like I'm still just doing it for fun. And I'm, they're still waiting for me to like figure out that this is a complete like silly waste thing, of waste of time. And I'm finally going to like turn around and be just like them and like go into, yeah. you know, a prof- like a be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And I'm like, guys, it's a little late for that. (laughs) Um, And I have absolutely no interest in doing that uh, anyway. So, you know, it's hard. It's hard for them. I mean, especially like me being gay and living such a different lifestyle (laughs) than they're used to. They have their kids, they have their houses, you know, they have their uh, real careers or whatever. This and it's probably a very familiar experience to any, um, a to, lot of artists, a lot of artists and queer people, but yeah, well. but honestly, like I was kind of defeated and in LA, I really wasn't doing very well, um, financially. And I did have a moment where I was like, why, you know, my, my brother was literally trying to get me to move back to Cincinnati. He wanted to open a bar and he was like, you could be the manager of the bar. I'm like, what about what I've been doing for the last 15 years tells you that I want to be the manager of a bar. <laughs> like I know I've mm. performed in bars, but I have no interest in managing a bar. You know what I mean? Like that's and like, why would you even let me do that? I have no experience. <laughs> it seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. But that was, you know, my brother was trying to, I think he was trying to assimilate me into what he thought of as this this could make you successful and financially comfortable and blah 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 and um and but for me i was like well i mean i really do you know i love real because estate that is happiness and I, yeah that because is, to them to you them know, that is happiness but i do and how, if you don't have that how could you possibly right, be happy right it's not conscious but i think subconsciously that's where yeah. that sort of thing originates mm-hmm. from is because they cannot conceive of happiness involving anything other than financial stability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do, I do love financial stability. I mean, is nice, I, but I do love real estate. I love looking at houses. You really do love looking at houses. Um, I will sit on there on Zillow for hours it's and so hours weird. and just I looking at houses. It. I love to tour houses. I love to see how people live. And I just, I don't know. I've always loved that. I've always loved looking at apartments when I was, you know, apartment. So real estate was really something that you thought. I mean, it was like one of the only things where I feel like it could be worthwhile. Or that you had any sort of interest in. I had any sort of interest in. And like, I feel like it could be worthwhile. You know, you sell a $300,000 house and you make like a big chunk of money right then. Like I have no interest in doing anything, uh, any type of job where it's like, I'm going to make $20 an hour or $30 an hour. Like that's just not doesn't seem like you know why would i give up what i'm doing to just put in time somewhere else you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so i mean if i could do something where i could make a big chunk of change all all at once and 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 it could have a little bit more flexibility and like time um the time frame and like the work hours and stuff like that it, it seems like maybe but at the same time like my mom was like well you know you'd have to wear a suit right (laughs) she's like you look nice in a suit. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. I mean, but I'm not really a suit and tie type of guy. You know what I mean? No, you've got a great build for a suit. I do look good I in a suit. I do not. 
However, I don't think I even own a suit at this point. Really? Maybe I still have that one suit that I wore years back, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I have I've lost enough looking. weight to fit into it at yeah, this maybe you point. Have. But yeah, I mean, I seriously and I've you know I've thought about giving up before. I've when I was deep in my depression, and it, I don't know if it was like giving up to do something else, but or just giving up in general, <laughs> just giving up on life. Just you giving know? up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely crossed my mind, and you know, that's the thing. I've had I've had some really really good times, really you know, the peaks have been amazing, but I've also had some really low years where not much was happening and it was hard for me to see why I would continue to put myself through this as an artist and, you know, just Mm -hmm. like not making enough money to survive, even though I've, I have, I have done this, uh, solely as my career since I was what, twenty. 23 years old, you know, so that's what, like 15 years at this point. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've done, I've done odds and ends here and there, but I've never, you know, I've never had to go out and, and find another like full-time job since, since then. So that's an accomplishment within itself. And, um, you know, but I've definitely, it's been stressful and hard to do. I think I, well, mine was very recently as well. Mine was in LA. I mean, I gave away all of my drag. I mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, this has been a very reflective process for me. And here's what that was all about. I was, when I left New York, I was in a place of I was lost. I mean New York was Are you my lost? Uh, I was lost. My <laughs> New York was my identity. Yeah. Um being from New York. It was all I, I had been there since I was 18. Yeah. Uh New I York. was in the I was in a depression for mm. sure when I made the decision to move. Um I got to get out of here. Exactly. Like I had to get out of there. Someone had uh it was a a, lot, a pile up of a lot of events uh, led to me leaving, but it was the biggest decision of my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when I arrived in LA, I was completely lost. I didn't really know who I was Same. because New York, <laughs> because New York was as if after you've lived in New York for a certain amount of time, it's not just where you live; it's who you are. Yeah, you are a New Yorker. Um, Bitch, at least I you had not... an apartment. I was sleeping on Johnny's couch exactly. for a year when yeah. I moved to LA. It's true. Uh, but I didn't, I was lost. Uh, yeah, I was completely like... disconnected from myself. And I didn't know where to turn. I had no, um, I, I had no idea how to get back to me. And I turned to, like, as I, as is as I do throughout my life, as I have noticed, um, as a pattern, you know, I turn to someone else mm-hmm. to guide me in the right direction, um, and that direction was, you know, the floral industry, the event industry, which you were and kind of, you which were doing I was before. in, I was doing before, but uh, but that was a job that you found through a friend. Working for a friend, right? 
when you were working for Hatch or whatever. Yeah, I was working for Hatch. It wasn't like you went out and applied for that job. No, that was through just one, uh, one of those jobs that, that kind of job happened. A, it was just one of those jobs that kind of happened and I found it through a Which friend. was yes. every job that you had had before that for the most part, right? Exactly. So that's why when you, I remember when you were got to LA and you're like, I got to find a job, but it's like, I when never you've had to never do that done before. that, it's extremely intimidating. I literally never had to do that before yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you go every job that I had had. Yeah. Even the first job in New York, every job friend that I've of a had friend. was through somebody that I knew. Yeah. Uh, so it was an extremely terrifying process, mm-hmm. um, which put me even further outside of myself. Um, so at this point in LA, at that point in LA, I was just so far away from anything that was familiar. I didn't know, I, I literally like didn't know who I was anymore. And I needed to find, so I, poured myself into yeah you work. started calling yourself eric yeah <laughs> that's a man well it just to be because it was confusing which was crazy it's confusing to i've never heard anyone call you eric uh before that. well the thing is only people only people that knew me from either college college or before mm-hmm. um i have college friends that still call me eric uh because it was kind of because that's we your became, name. It was my name, <laughs> and, it, and it came, and that's what they called me in school. Yeah. Um, and also, childhood and family; mm-hmm. those are the only people. Anybody else? Um, any sisters have always called me Erica. And I still can't. It's still weird for me because sometimes I call but, you Eric, but it's still weird for me to say it. I don't know why. It's just like I'm just so used to Erica. Yeah, it was a so I was completely outside of myself uh, and struggling. Uh, yeah, when I. Cause I had my phone. Cause when I had to, I had to answer. I always had to. I had to answer the phone for work. I couldn't mm-hmm. not answer the phone. So I'd answer. <laughs> That's new so for I, you. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> definitely new for me. So whenever my phone would ring, I had to answer it, even if I didn't recognize a number. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, um, you know, adopting that this is Eric. Mm-hmm. So you heard that a lot, probably. And I'm like, who's Eric? I'm like, who's Eric? Where's that? <laughs> Who I'm that like, is Eric? Yeah. Um, so I guess the point of that was like I was feeling completely lost. I was she very went, much outside of myself. She went back to being a man. She went back to being a man. And uh, I needed, like I said, and, and it ended up me not being able to reconcile drag with the path that I was on. Yeah. I couldn't see, uh, I didn't see like a way forward. I, I had, I had completely resigned myself to like this was going to be the rest of my life, like this is what my life was from here on out. What just and like working, just working, yeah, just like having a job. Drags over, drags over, party's over. Yeah, this I've party had, sucks. I'm leaving. This party sucks. I'm leaving, and it was done, <laughs> and I had to move on. So I got rid of everything. Um, Did but you? But I f- hadn't made. I had. It was not. I was not. It's not connected to myself enough to be making that sort of a decision. It's not like, but it's not like you ever was, were like, I'm not doing drag anymore. I never said I was going to completely stop, but, but you did give away like ton, all of your collection of looks. As a I was never going to, it was going to only be something that I did for fun once in a while. Mm -hmm. That was it. Right. 
I wasn't going to make any more. And, and the crazy art. thing is, wasn't going to do any more music. Yeah. Wasn't going to make any more videos. Wasn't going to do any of that shit. The crazy thing is, wasn't going to actively I, seek out yeah. any gigs. I literally, as I literally saw your soul crumble in that in that process. You I'm lost not, your joy. Everything was just work. Worried about things that you don't really care about. And there was no release. There was no, like, payoff. Like, what is this all building up to? You know, at least with the dramas with drag and stuff, at least there's the payoff of, like, feeling good after you do a show. You know what I mean? But, like, with this, you were working so hard. It was taking up all your time. But there was no... What's the payoff? You have some money in your pocket, you know? I mean, only if you continue to do this. And so so you can, it's like, it's like having a job to be able to pay for the car that you have to have to have the job. You know what I mean? It's like to live in the place that you can live in so that you can work there. It's like, ugh, it's such a vicious cycle. Yeah. So I definitely felt I had given up. Honestly, you'd give, yeah, you'd give, I had given up on drag, focusing on drag. Um, I'd given up on my art. Um, because it didn't, it was, it was a, just a culmination of a lot of, uh, difficult years. Um, and a lack of giving myself the space to figure my, figure out what I needed to do because up until that point or figure myself out because up until that point, I'd kind of just been flowing with the wind i had a life that i enjoyed um to for the most part um it was something that came that was easy for me uh my life was set up around it um and, and then when but you probably didn't appreciate what you had in new york until you could actually see how it was living in another place you know me, like i was i i never want i don't ever want to move back to New York and I don't miss New York. No, I'm not saying that you would miss but, it, but I'm saying like the way that we were able to live in New York as yes, artists. I definitely didn't see, I didn't have the, I didn't appreciate it for what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I did it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it's interesting that, that, you know, you really do have to like take yourself completely out of it to like see what you had at the time. It's too bad that we can't fully appreciate what we have when we have it, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think that's, that leads me to, um, our next thing, which is, you know, enjoying. I think one of the main things that we've both taken from this whole experience is the need to make friends with the process Yes. Because that's where you live. Right. As an artist, that's where we live. Mm -hmm. There's not, uh, I think there's reasons for that. And some of them are forced upon you. Yeah. Because, well, I think it's a couple fold that I can think of off the top of my head. One is that most artists are, and myself very much included, are never happy with are never really satisfied with what they produce. Right. You're never, you never produce something and then look back at it and like, that is the best that I can do. <laughs> I don't right. know anybody that's, I don't know any artists. I don't know. Anybody. That would be weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any artists that are like that. I mean, 
that's one that's one fault, like one of the yeah. things. I think and the second thing is something that society does. Um unlike other careers, I mean, there's just there's no there's no arrival. You know, tangible arrival. Yeah. Like like what I was like saying you before, you work and work like, and work for years, and then you get to this much salary. You know what I mean? Right, you work right. your way up the until you get to this, the top. Now you've got. Now you're the vice president of this. Blah blah blah. Like I was saying, um, it's funny because with artists, it's just a constant climb and struggle and figuring out what's next. Because, like with most careers or businesses, you know, like I was saying before, um, you know, you open a bakery. You you have this recipe for like the best cupcakes. Everybody loves your cupcakes. All you got to do is make those cupcakes over and over and over again and keep delivering that. But as an artist, it's like, okay, you put out a song. Everybody loves your song. S- say everybody loves your song. You're lucky if that happens. Then you got to make a completely new song. You got to go back you gotta to- You got to do it all over again. Like the very beginning and completely start over. Every single single time. time. And that is what it is. But that's the thing. I think uh, a big part of this process has been um, making friends with the journey. Yeah. Like making, you gotta, I definitely realize that I have to be okay with not getting there. Yeah, because you're never going to get there. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there? <laughs> Never going to get there. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I will the turn this car around. <laughs> you cannot turn the car around. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No. You're never You're never there. there. Even We're like- never, you know, We never arrive. I would suppose like for even for like, you know, the people that, the artists that, musicians that, you know, they finally get that Grammy or whatever, but- that's just more pressure for your next project to like, exactly. well, I got a Grammy for this project. Am I going to get a Grammy for the next project? Or does that mean it's not as good? Or, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's just more and more pressure. It, the better, the bigger, that's what I said with our show, Success Sucks. The, the, the more you get, the more you accomplish, the more pressure there is to continue to deliver, you know? And, um, and, and you know what's funny that I noticed going to Europe that's different from America is that oh, so many things. I mean, there's a lot of things, <laughs> but specifically to do with Girl. artists is you see um, artists from like the eighties killing it over in Europe. People go to their concerts. They're doing the same songs that they did 20, 25 years ago or whatever. Um, and they're still killing it and people love them. You know what I mean? Like they have uh-huh. so much respect for them because of what they have accomplished. Whereas in America, you say somebody like Michael Bolton and like for some reason people start laughing. You know what I mean? Like like the yeah. fact like the fact that you're successful in the 80s has anything to do with like your qual your quality or value as an artist you know like that was a different that was his time not every not you know every artist is going to be like madonna that has hits over you know 30 years or whatever you know exactly and and you know but there's something about america where it's like if you're not the youngest hottest freshest you know little thing or whatever that's happening right now then it's almost embarrassing that you've ever done anything 
at in all. the first place. <laughs> isn't that messed up? It's fucked up. But isn't isn't that the way it, it feels sometimes? It does feel like that. Um, Until they get right in front of your face and they're like, oh my God, I loved your whatever. But there's like some kind of general like judgment about like, oh, you're a has-been, you know? You're, you're, you were, it's like, you're, it's like, it's not good that you were popular because mm-hmm. now you're not popular, you know? And it's like, I think, yeah, the what concept kind of, of the has been. Yeah. Is at least you much, were something to begin yeah, with, which is a lot more much, than most people could it's say. It's very much an American thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because like, they, like, like, um, there's, there's so many artists that go, you know, that tour around the, the around the world and they are still so respected and stuff. And even the artists that are like, like amazingly, like still doing stuff, like they still come for them. Like Madonna in America, oh, she's just old. She's a she's she's not what she used to be. Or Mariah Carey, like she's still just relying on that one hit from twenty years ago. And it's just like, what do you expect from these artists? You know what I mean? Like they're not the they're not gonna win best new artist at the Grammys because you know what? They've got thirty years of experience. And why do you not respect them for still being here and and creating and putting stuff out after all those years? That's an accomplishment within itself. You know? They didn't give up. Yet you're still somehow like putting them in this like, oh, you're a has been because you know, your your you know, your last album wasn't number one on the charts, you know. It's just crazy. It's really destructive and, and scary a scary thing to do to artists. Yeah. You are so upset about it. it, it but it's like it just doesn't make sense in my head, you know. I like, well it's one of those things. Um uh, you know, like another very American thing to like want to tear down celebrities yeah totally well celebrity culture is very thick here very thick it's not really ever been my thing but it is many people's thing totally it really is i mean i don't know i mean (laughs) all you can think about is like you know they're just they can wipe their tears with their stacks of cash stacks of cash (laughs) yes They'll be they'll be fine. Yeah, we don't need to worry about. Yeah, them. we don't need to worry about them. But that but that general attitude toward people, um, toward artists that ha- have been extremely successful but aren't successful now or not successful but as popular or whatever. Yeah, is it just really grinds my gears. Grind your gears. Well, that will be something we can get into next season. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, when talking about making friends with process and, you know, what better illustration of that than this current podcast? This one right here? This one right here that we're we're on. on. Oh, right right now. now. Okay. How meta. I know, right? We're talking about the podcast that we're talking on. Oh, that's so crazy. So deep. So <laughs> deep. Is it that deep? It's not really that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, one of this is definitely teaching me to get into the process. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been one of the most enjoyable processes. 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 Pros- processes. Not a prosthetic, no. 
uh, one of the most enjoyable processes, uh, artistic processes that I've ever been involved in, hands down. It's definitely the most. What have you thought got? out one <laughs> that I've probably it's ever been? Done. It's the most enjoyable. I've I've had the I've enjoyed this more than creating anything else that I've ever created. I do enjoy making this podcast, and and I think it's 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 cool because for me it's like more about like. I've gotten more out of it personally. What have you gotten out of it, do you think, specifically? A few things. Well, okay, so one thing, first of all, is just the reflection and being able to look back on things and analyze, like, what was going on in the past and how that affected where we are today, which is something that I never really did maybe until the last few years yeah, when I analyzing. started started getting more analytical about like what is going on in my life, you know? A lady of a certain age. Yeah. A lady of a certain age will get do, there. Yeah. A lady of a certain age do need to, do get to a Step point back and where she need to start a journal. Yeah. Where she need to, you know, Why figure out where she here? going. And I got it for me. I, I mean, I guess when you're young, it doesn't seem it, for everyone. It doesn't seem like you'll ever get old. But for me specifically, I did not expect to get very old. <laughs> we used to talk about this. <laughs> I like, did not expect. I probably won't make it to forty. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it just it, it was more. We were living hard and fast. Yeah, our twenties um, were crazy, and it just didn't seem sustainable and at the time I didn't, <laughs> and, didn't, it didn't wasn't. Know, and it wasn't <laughs> uh but you don't think about that when you're young you don't yeah. think about what it's going to need it could never like. be different yeah but it needed to be and a lady like i said a lady of a certain age do tend to at a certain point need to look back on her life yeah. and figure out where she would like to go and um i think that you know the what have you done for you lately has definitely been good for me because, you know, just setting just setting goals. Yes. The and power looking at, you know, what you want to accomplish and really putting it out there instead of just like maybe thinking about it every once in a while, occasionally, casually. It's much better for me to have a structure and be like, this is what I said I was gonna do. So if I didn't get it done, then at least I could, you know, know what I didn't accomplish. And if I did get it done, then I can have the, take the next step in accomplishing something yeah. else. You know? Well, what's the cliche? Baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, cliches are, are cliches for a reason. Yeah, they are. So it's because it actually it works and it's, it's, it never occurred to me to actually put any stock in the fact that so many people had said this to me throughout my life. That taking it's like small attainable goals yeah. are an important step in getting to anywhere that you want to go it never rang true i never internalized it that's for sure uh i never really even tried it you i never, never like till you try yeah i guess i mean it's just not something isn't that it's it's shocking to me oh she tried something it? so um simple it's so fucking effective i mean and it's so and it's and a I'm, lot of people I, it's shocking to me yeah. that i've never given it a try before a lot of people are floating around with no philosophy and no plan 
Because that's the easiest thing to do. I mean, that's what that's what my life was. Yeah. And I think that um it's I never important. had a plan. It's important to figure to figure out um a plan, a philosophy, a mission. Um, because if you don't have that, then how are you ever really gonna achieve anything? You know, it's like getting on the road and not knowing where you're going. You're just gonna end up driving around in circles. Exactly. You know? Uh, for you, you mentioned this before. I mean, well, I mentioned this to you earlier today. Uh, like, to that point, um, you had... I had never really heard from you before um, that you wanted to make, you know, queer music for queer people like that's where your direction was like it's, that's what you really want that's what you wanted to do i mean you have done it <laughs> wasn't it kind of obvious <laughs> i mean yeah yes and no because from what i've observed there you have made a, a very distinct separation between how you treat projects uh that you consider to be queer oriented over your career it seems like you always have, you keep them in two separate categories. Um, it seems like you have, you have, I mean, that's what it seems like to me in the past that you've kind of separated. These are the one, like your ser- air quote, serious music mm-hmm. from your queer themed music. Right. And it seemed, and I had never. Well, because it, I think it did, did need to be in two different categories. You know, because if it's not if it's not queer themed, then it's not queer themed. You know what I mean? So that's what I've been. I think it was about me finding a perspective of who I am as an artist and how other people look at me as an artist. So <clears throat> I think that first of all, I've had the most success musically from queer themed music. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And um. I've done both. I've done regular mainstream music with other artists for, and for myself. And I've done niche, you know, gay themed music. And, um, and I've just found that like at the, you know, at the end of the day, I, I usually have the most fun doing music that has a queer perspective. And I've got an internal, and, coincidentally i don't know i've gotten the most recognition and um (laughs) recognition and uh you know success doing that so i think it just kind of makes sense in the end for me and um i think that it's important to for your music and your artistry to stand for something and to have a mission you know and so i've made that my kind of I don't know what the word is, but you know, that's, that's my, um, cornerstone. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but that's something that's for me that I haven't seen before. Um, it's, it's, and I think it's beautiful because you make great music and I don't think that, I just think it's very heartening to me to see you like the separation yeah, that you have had, like maybe melt away because I, I feel like yeah. sometimes you don't treat the other projects with as much reverence as you do your air quote straight projects, like air quote, like uh conventional projects. It seemed like, 
Well, I mean, I really was confused when I started out as far as like what people would ask me, what's your, what's your brand? What's your demographic? What's this? And I, I literally, when I was, when I was in my early twenties and I first started putting out music and even through my, you know, thirties and uh, my early thirties, I just did not get that concept, you know, I, cause I had had music that, you know, I would get fan mail from 35 year old straight women, you know, that were like, Oh my God, I love your music, blah, 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 blah. And then I would get fan mail from 14 year old gay boys, you know? So it was like, how can you, I don't know what my demographic is. Cause it's, I've gotten such a wide reaction from different people, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it wasn't till, re- till recently within the last four years, really probably moving to LA that I decided that I wanted my brand as Adam Joseph to be super gay. I wanted all the songs that I sang to have, um, fun. First of all, fun, um, gay, very tongue in cheek. Like I kind of figured out like what I wanted to do. And you notice I still struggle with like, should I release this song? Because I don't know if this fits the brand that I'm trying, the path that I'm trying to go down, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this song is too serious. It's not fun. So why, you know, I don't think it's right for the Adam Joseph name, you know? People probably think it's hilarious that I actually think about this type of stuff, but, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, think it's interesting. But, but I mean, I was, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying, because I've done things from Neo Soul, like n- regular mainstream Neo Soul to faggoty attention to like house music with straight producers that was like mainstream dance music to Johnny McGovern, you know, extremely gay, like not safe for work, completely inappropriate. And yeah. I've just been all all over the map. So I've been trying in the last few years with my releases to slim it down and be like, okay, this is who Adam Joseph is mm-hmm. as an artist. You know what and I mean? And I've definitely noticed. I was just trying to give you some props because I think it's really beautiful. I think that you've, um, it comes to me as someone that spends a lot of time with you. It seems like your comfortability with, um, with your brand has increased exponentially. Right. Because I've finally became more aware of who I was and what I, or, or at least what I wanted to, that makes represent, me for you. you know. Yeah. That makes me happy for you. It's just like when it's just like when you <laughs> it came does. But it's been easier. Well, thank you. And it's been easier. <laughs> it's been much easier in the past for me to see that about other people. Yeah. It's so hard to look at yourself you as an artist. Me. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's so hard to look at yourself and be like this is who you are. This is how people see you. But it's much easier for me to do it for other people like when Erica came to me a few years ago and was was like I want to make a new EP and I wrote these songs and I'm really excited about them here let me show them to you she sings the songs to me and I'm like those are good songs but <laughs> you are Erica Tor drag queen performance artist weirdo from New York City who's like a club kid and these songs are not that I was like we need to make you know Cunty, fierce, moody, dark, sexy drag queen music. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
because that's who you are and that's how people see you. So if you come out with these regular old songs that any pop girl could be singing, it's just not going to make any sense. You know what I mean? So that was something I was able to do for you, but I was not able to do that for myself till years it's later. It's hard to see yourself clearly. And that brings me to something that I've been thinking about, something that I've gleaned from this process uh, that's been so profound. And I was trying to think about why, um, like why the effect on me has been so huge, but what it is, is, um, hearing from people that are affected by the podcast, right? Getting little notes and little messages from people has really affected me in a very profound way. And I was trying to get into like, why, why now, why is this affecting me so deeply? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's because of what I just said to you. It's very difficult to see yourself clearly through your own eyes. Sometimes you need to see yourself through someone else's eyes. Um, and you'll see things that you, they'll, people will see things in you that you find that it's very difficult to see in yourself. Especially mm-hmm. for me personally, it's very difficult to see the good things. Um, the positive things and the growth that I'm have um, achieved or or that I'm currently going through. Like it's hard to gain perspective on that. It is just for yourself. Um, But seeing yourself through other people's eyes, with me seeing myself through other people's eyes has allowed me to take it in. To take in the good stuff. It's allowed me to believe the good things. It's allowed me, it's gotten me much closer to believing because I'd never believed there the good things about be myself. Miracles <laughs> yes. When you believe. <laughs> it's important. Uh, yeah. And I, it's not something, it's difficult for me to believe uh, good things about myself. That's because I think it's you're difficult for terrible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're so I don't know where you get this lack of self-esteem. <laughs> no idea. Um, um, it's a struggle. And it I think is it's hard. A struggle it's for just like when lot, I for a lot of people. Yeah, just like when I said, like, uh, I don't. You know, I'm not that big on compliments because I have a hard time believing them myself. You know, when people come up to me and say, "Oh, you're so amazing," and it's like, okay. Yeah, sure. And I was saying that, like, I actively, I think a part of me avoiding interaction with, um, it's difficult for me to say fans, but I guess that's what they are. Uh, people that a- enjoy my work. Appreciators. Appreci- appreciators. It's hard for me to even see myself that way <laughs> still. Um, I, don't, I think it always will be. Um, people that appreciate what I do. Um, I'm always shocked I think that people I, care. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think it. W- I actively avoided interaction or even like observing mm-hmm. any of what they had to say about me because I could, especially the good stuff. Yeah. The bad stuff is easy to hear because I, I say that shit to myself all the time. <laughs> I know <laughs> I am terrible, <laughs> but the good stuff is hard to hear. Yeah. It's, um, and it's even more difficult to internalize. It shouldn't be like that in the world, but it is like that in the world. <laughs> so I think that was, a, that is a major thing that has come out of this, process for yeah. me uh I, I, like the major things 
again, like to reiterate, I think are um, making friends with the process. I've really made friends with this process and it's allowed me to see uh, other artistic processes yeah. more clearly. Like what I, what the path to other projects can be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that before. I didn't know that things could feel like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, and also, uh, baby steps, small attainable goals. Miss thing. I cannot stress to you enough. The gag of it all. Did I not? I am gagged. Did I not tell you that making you lists well, ha- works? Honey, it's, you can, a uh, time marches on, uh, time keeps its own time. Uh, it's, it's it just took me buckling down and actually doing it to realize the power that it has i cannot stress mm-hmm. enough and i am gagged i think that this i am completely you know, gagged the, the, that the huge, making tiny yeah. goals for myself has actually gotten me somewhere yeah and what emphasizes it what emphasizes it even more is the fact that your life completely changed you know 10 weeks ago at this point when yes. you stopped working and we started this podcast and you know, when you, when you have all this, when, when everything changes and you have the time to focus on the things that you really want to focus on, it's a powerful thing. Exactly. I can't disregard. And well, you, you can't remove this process from the situation that we're in. I mean, it is, it is a crucible, you know, it's very, uh, I think it's easier to see in when we're thrust into a situation like this. Uh, it's much easier to see the progress. Right. It's like a controlled experiment. Yes. You can't go anywhere. It's a time. No distractions. Yeah. Um, you know. But like, damn, I, I really, I'm gagged. Yeah. Completely gagged that setting small goals for myself and achieve, achieving them would just completely uh, turn my mind around. Mm-hmm. It's like rewired my brain. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't stress enough the importance for me that setting small goals for myself has made like the difference that it's made in my, the way that I see everything Mm -hmm. like the, the, the potential that I can see all around me in smaller projects in small projects that I've never gotten started or just ideas that I've Mm -hmm. had just by buckling down and, making myself take these small steps mm-hmm. it's i've shown myself that it's possible and that i can use it for other things right gosh it's a, i'm gagged i don't know if you can tell i'll sometimes, say it again sometimes I'm you need by it. sometimes you need other people to show you things are possible and sometimes you need yourself to show to show that it's possible i agree and i think just to like put a nice little bow on this oh i love a bow I love a bow as well. I mean, I've got plenty of them on the bodice <laughs> at the moment. You can't see them, but I am fully is that dressed. A garter? <laughs> it is a garter. Ooh. I've uh, I got I got my beat together in time to get fully dressed. Because usually, let me get, let me let you in on how this has been going. I get dressed from the waist up, uh, put my nails on. And then in between this and the living room, I've been popping my nails off so I could get fully dressed and then putting them back on. And Speaking it's a of painful. giving up. 
It's a little painful. Speaking of giving up, what are you talking about? You, you almost gave up last week on the living room. You're like, should we just not do it? Because we we were well, running we're behind. Gonna talk, we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to get into that. Yeah. In a, in a different portion, portion <laughs> of this podcast. I was in a bad, bad mood last week. Cranky pants. And, and but I will tell you why. In uh, you know, in an upcoming head. episode. Oh, in an upcoming head. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell in you upcoming all about segment. it. I got a lot to say about. This yeah. past week, because I've been feeling something crazy has been, some, there has been a major shift in my life, and I will talk about it in an upcoming segment. Coming right. But up. what I wanted to say was, um, to put a nice little bow on things. Oh yeah, the is bow. that the importance? I've realized the importance of recognizing your accomplishments, right, as they are happening. Mm-hmm. I think that goes back that speaks to the point of like not there not being an end. Right. Because you're always in process, you have to recognize the small accomplishments. Mm-hmm. I yourself on the back girl. Throw yourself a party. Because like, you're not ever gonna get because to where anywhere specific. Especially as an independent artist. You're and never, even when you yeah. do, you gotta have to turn around and start all over again, and you're not gonna have time for this. Uh, did you, did, I've realized that I can't put off um, recognizing my accomplishments. Yeah, Com- like complimenting I myself. I talked when I tour around Europe by myself. I talked to myself all the time because there's nobody else there to talk to and traveling by myself Aww. all day long. You do that here too. And I do talk to myself <laughs> a lot either way. But at the end of my last tour, I remember I was walking a f- home from the club to the hotel in freezing cold in December in the middle of like this tiny town in Poland. And it was my last show and mm. I had finished and, um, as I was walking back to the hotel, I said, you know what? Good job. You Aww. did it. You did it. Aww. You got through the tour. <laughs> you, got, you made it to all the gigs. You know, because it, it's extremely stressful traveling by yourself, organizing all that by yourself, traveling to cities you've never been to on foreign countries and all that stuff. Just that, just like getting to all the gigs without missing your train and all that stuff is an accomplishment. But like, you know, I just told myself, you know what? Good job. You did it. And it felt so fucking good to say that. And to like, it, it, it means way more when you say it to yourself than when other people Mm -hmm. come and say, Oh my God, you're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. But just to be able to say it to yourself. And really appreciate what you've done for yourself and what you've created for yourself. It's it, it really it's it so just, powerful. I had honestly never done it before, and I just said it to myself. Yeah, I've and I was realizing like, that I, I was like, I have You know either. what, Adam? You did it. You did this tour. Good job, and I'm proud of you. Like, Aww. and it was like, oh my god! Like, it when you say it to yourself, it just means when you can like sincerely say that to yourself and like love yourself, you know, for what you've done for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a really powerful thing. Yeah. I think I've mentioned this before, but yeah, compassion. You deserve just as much compassion from yourself as you give to other people. 
Right. You you deserve as much from yourself as you give. Yep. You are just as deserving of your own compassion Mm -hmm. as other people are. And that's something that I have to remind myself of constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's something, I guess I... It's not a painful realization because I knew it. I just, you know, seeing it from outside in this process of just how mean I've been to myself for so long, for so many years, uh, just so mean to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And And I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do any of that anymore. It's the, I mean, uh, it's but the it's, easiest it's, thing to do is to just like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? Good job. You it's made no, it. it's you not, not the easiest thing I to do. I think it's not. The, it's but not, I mean, it's, it's the hardest thing to do. Maybe it's the hardest. It's hardest in. But, to mean but it. I'm saying like easy in a way that you don't have to wait for someone else to come up to you and be like, oh my God, you're so great. Blah, 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 blah. Like you could do it anytime, any day, any night whatever yeah and it takes practice but it's but maybe it's hard to genuinely it's hard to believe believe it but believe it but practicing it but you're not you're never gonna believe it if you don't practice it yeah um and for me uh one of the main things that i'm taking away from this whole experience is we're talking about it like it's over, but it ain't. We're keeping going. The y'all. season's gonna be over. <laughs> this is just the season. Uh, we're just doing a little reset. We've been thinking about what we're gonna do yeah. um, for the next go round because we're gonna have to really put our heads together and come up with some more topics yeah. of things that we yeah. want to get into. But yeah, recognizing your accomplishments. Here, I want to hear you say it, Erica. You start. We started a podcast, and you're wrapping up your first season. So what do you say to yourself? Congratulations, Erica. You have grown immensely, spiritually, and emotionally through this process. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like almost going to tear up. Isn't it a beautiful thing? Isn't it? Did you get the, did you get the butterflies? Girl, I get the vapors. Yes. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Just taking the time to say it. Ooh. Shit, y'all! Yes. You, you guys gotta do you it. You guys should try it. You it's gotta look really in the mirror. Amazing, and you gotta do it. I'm telling you, because I'm honey. good enough. I, because that's the thing. People make fun of uh, what's his name. I'm good. I'm good yeah, enough. I'm smart, smart enough, enough. And God darn, and God darn, gosh darn it, people, people like me. Like me. But it's an amazing that was intense, thing, girl. It was intense. That was really. Intense. I felt it over here. Oh, y'all gotta do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. When you can really believe it for yourself. That's what it's all about. Oh, my gosh, bitch. They, I'm hot. I'm <laughs> it's warm here. We're going to take a break and turn oh. on the AC, girl. <laughs> love Ooh. you. I Good love job, you Eric. I'm so Thank proud you. of you. <laughs> She so the who is she this week? week? This is one of your she's. My she is the artist, the visual artist R.J. Resk. Oh, 
Yeah. I, know, I actually, met I've, him met, I've met him before. We had a crazy night on the town with him one night. I had sex with one of his friends. You did. In, in the, the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that, how did that even happen? I think we were at a house party. Know. We were at a house party and then we went out to the club and you took the boy. We were calling him Kennedy because he looked he like looked, a Kennedy. He had a big old jaw like a Kennedy. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. He was hot. He was hot all over. He yeah. was beautiful juicy everywhere. Juicy and very young. Very young, very juicy, all perfectly proportioned gentleman. <laughs> but Salivating um, over here. The reason I wanted to talk about RJ is because, um, like us, he used to live in New York City. Uh-huh. And he's since moved to New Orleans. New Orleans! So he's a purple turner, too. Purple turner, yeah. Um, Louisiana is a red state. He's also from... Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, actually, Wilmington, Ohio. But I, his his sister is one of my one of my best friends. Yes, I know. And her. so that's how I know RJ. Um, and uh, yeah, his sister actually moved to to New Orleans, and he uh, moved down there a f- couple of years after she did. And um, he's and I've been down to New Orleans a couple times. And hanging out with both of them, and they both just love it. I mean, New Orleans is such a great town. And I've um, never been. And, you know, especially for an artist going from New York City to a smaller town, I think it, it for him, I think it's kind of been better. You know what I mean? Like, there to be able to find a community yeah. and be seen well, what is and a break through. What does she do? Um, well, he's a painter. Mm-hmm. And um, he ha- he's known for doing murals, large scale murals on like walls of buildings. Um, he's he's known for his uh, pattern work. I actually have uh, this picture right behind you is is RJ's the one next to the Nagle. Yeah, yeah, you can't really see it. Um, super well, but you can see that it's a pattern. Yeah. You guys can look him up on RJ Resk. That's R-A-I-Z-K, Resk, rjresk.com. And, um, yeah, he's... Paintings for sale? He's got, he's got, uh, well, on his website, he's got t-shirts for sale with some of his... Oh, those are great. I can see that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Those are great print. Those are great patterns He's got really cool prints. He, at one point, he had, um, a collaboration with a... Uh, like a houseware line, and they did uh for Bed Bath and Beyond. They did like bedspreads, carpets. Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, he was in Bed Bath and Beyond. Bedspreads, carpets, towels. Um, oh, so she like she did stuff. Yeah, it was like a big thing. He did, and he also did a collaboration with um Stuart Weitzman for the London cabs. They like wrapped the London cabs in his pattern. Wow! Yeah, so she's she's got some. Um, yeah, he's done. Under her he's belt. done. He's done lots of uh, commission murals around New York City, in Miami, um, in New Orleans. He did an installation at the um, Ritz Carlton in New Orleans. Um, he's done really well, and um, oh, she she's real for real. Yeah, yeah. He's a he is a real full time artist. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and um. He, you know, he's been at Basel, Art Basel in, in Switzerland. 
um, he's just done a lot of amazing things. And I don't know, I'm just like, I, I'm really proud of him because to me, he's like a, like a little brother, you know, like, oh, yeah, because he was, he is young. the little brother of my <laughs> best friend. Yeah, he's much younger. He's right? not, I wouldn't say he's much younger. I think he's a few years younger than us, like four or something, four, four. five years younger. So okay. he's not that young. I mean, he's not like because I remember at the he's time. He's not that young. <laughs> I remember at the time. I remember the night of that that debaucherous evening that we had together when I had sex with his friend. Mm-hmm. I remember. I think he was thinking like, that he was. They were very young. Not that young. I, I think he was like probably like, like twenty four or something. Twenty four, kind of and we were like twenty eight no, or something. I don't think. So. I feel like they were. I feel like they were. Not he's not the, he's not he's not that much younger. His friend was not old enough to be in the bar. Really, I remember that. I don't mm-hmm. even remember what I year remember. This happened, I remember so. because we had to go somewhere that we could get in because there was drama because they, uh, they didn't because they didn't have IDs. Oh shit! Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but. Um, <laughs> but no, but he's you know he's got a studio. Uh, he's working in a studio. He's working in a studio in New Orleans now, and he's doing... Um, he does beautiful work. He's doing, like, commission pieces, commission murals. He sells his, um, his like, actual canvas paintings. Um, so, yeah. I, I want mean, one of them T-shirts. Those are cute. Yeah, go on his website, uh, rjresk.com. You can get um, his merch. He's got T-shirts and other stuff like phone covers and stuff like that. Really cool, cool really cute. Um, I love like a cool geometric pattern. I mean, I can black tell and white from design. your bedding. Yeah, my bedding is. I was so mad and because your curtains. I tried to get, which were made by Erica Toraviance. Yes, they were. Um, They're so beautiful. Yeah, I tried to get his. I tried <laughs> to get his brand. His brand of um, bedspread and and stuff like that when it was in Bed Bath and Beyond, but it sold out very quickly, and it was only a one time thing. So, mm. so yeah, it's not really available. Actually, it is available. I looked online, but now it's like crazy marked up. Yeah, so, that happens. Um, so well, yeah, good for her. But yeah, great for her. And you know, I mean, I think it's cool that he's he found you know found his way out of New York City, and now he's living in New Orleans full time and um, doing the damn thing down there. Doing the damn thing. So, so yeah, check him out, and you can also look at his Instagram. Um, I believe it's at RJ Resk. RJ, yeah, at RJ Resk, R A I Z K on Instagram. And you can see all of his beautiful artworks and um, lots of pictures of him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check him out. That's who is she? Who was she? Oh, she's, that's who she was. That is who she was. And who she is. We're going to take a moment here. There were moments. There were moments to answer some questions because we've got we got a couple very thoughtful uh, questions from Shelly. Shelly. Yo, Shelly, how you doing? We're about to answer some of your questions. Um, we're yeah. just going to read the whole things because they're pretty... Um, yeah, well, I'm going to gonna read the question. Anyway. So that we can properly answer it. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, First girl, question, or here, you read this question for me, and then I'll read your question. Okay. Adam, are you familiar with the gay family lawsuit against Pharrell? Pharrell. 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 Pharrell? Pharrell? <laughs> Damn. Pharrell. 
gay as in Marvin Gaye. Yeah, the gay family lawsuit against Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke for their song Blurred Lines. I was really shocked when they were ordered to pay $7.2 million in 2015, and I'm still mad about it. I can hear the inspiration in the song Blurred Lines. It has I Want You vibes for sure. They didn't sample it or steal anything, in my opinion. They created a unique statement that is their own voice. What are your thoughts on this? Um... Okay, well, I am familiar with this, and it wasn't I Want You, it was Got to Give It Up um, that they used as inspiration for Blurred Lines, which Blurred Lines is quite a controversial song within itself without anything to do with Marvin Gaye because of the subject matter. Um, But... Creepy. Do I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do I think that the songwriters and publishers of Got to Give It Up deserved money from that song. I mean, it's not so much the melody of the song and the lyrics, which are usually what gets them. Um, It's actually the music like the 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 music behind it the instrumentation that is extremely similar from the cowbell to the Rhodes piano which is almost the exact same um you know riff the same riff and that's where it really strike is like strikingly strikingly similar um i don't know i mean i i I don't know. I I think that when you can really hear something, and then, um, and and I did watch like a video on the, on this, and apparently they were that's what they were going for before they even started doing anything. You know, Robin Thicke came to Pharrell and said, "We need to do something like this classic Marvin Gaye song." So mm. in that case, it's like, yeah, you did mop it, and you should be giving those people credit because you didn't just happen upon that idea. Well, what are you feeling about sampling in general? I think it's great. I think it's, you know, I think it's I mean, there's something... an entire genre of music that's based That's where hip-hop it. came from. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's just like, obviously, I've sampled a lot of things from a lot of different places. Um, and and I, I think... And like also, what I, digital what... music creation is a lot... Is... Sample. I mean, if you want to get into it, it's yeah, all sampling, sampling other people's other drum people's sounds, sounds, sampling other people's uh, synth sounds. I mean, it's it's all sampling. It's all ca- comes from somewhere, you know. Um, more of what you hear now is recycled sounds from the past than brand new recorded off of an actual instrument for yeah, sure especially electronic music because i mean there are while there are people that i mean are house music as well like yeah. that's mostly well, samples mostly too samples. i mean there are f- some people that still use analog synthesizers but right but i think house that's where i mean mostly house music came from like hip-hop um putting you know taking a sample putting a new beat over it and calling it a new song yeah you know um, so, I mean, but I think, you know, sure, like give them some money because they made plenty of money off that song. So yeah, $7.2 million is really not that much money when it comes to a huge international hit. Do you know how much money those, the songs make? 
like hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, for the record, for the record uh, labels and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, and also if it's on a major label, they yeah, they were trying to get a, they were trying to pull they some were trying shit. to pull some shit to by not even I think mentioning that for in my. I mean, it, but it's not. It's, but the thing is, it's not. Intention it's not has a part to play, right? Tr- sure, but just to be clear, it's not a sample. It's a recreation of the instrumentation and the riff and stuff like that from that song. So, um, you know, but at the same time, that's you know, that's that's copyright infringement. You know, that's copying. Mm. So that's just straight up mopping. It's mopping. Mopping is stealing. So, um, you know, a lot of times people put samples in there and they try not they try not to say anything about it and see if anybody notices. But you know, just as my song "Faggity Attention" is contains an interpolation of uh, Salt and Peppa's "Push It," you know. Yeah, I knew that I was taking that melody when I did it. I'm not acting but like you I made didn't up. Use their song. No, but I still stole their melody. Yeah, you know. Well, the thing is, I've, I've, it's muddy waters when you get into melodies. It's like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Like how much constitutes mopping? Like how many notes of a melody? There is like a law. Actually. Is there a law? What's the I'm law? I'm not sure you know? exactly what it is, but there's like a certain amount. And of also, notes. does time play? Apart in that law, like how many years? No, no, it doesn't at all. If it's published and there's a publisher, then they can, you know, sue you and get rights to it. Oh, okay, yeah. The um, law is the law, darling. I guess. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's not many things that are protecting songwriters from anything, and most of our music is getting given away for free or and or stolen anyway. anyway. So. I don't know. You know, I mean, like, the fact that there's people are making hundreds of millions of dollars off of songs, you know, if you're going to take somebody else's idea and run with it, then they probably should get a little bit of change in there as well, you know, at the end of the day. I agree. So that's that. Um, What's my question? Okay, I got a question from Miss Shelley here. Um, Okay, here we go. Erica. Yes. I've been a working artist for seven years. I'm happy that all my bills are paid and I'm doing what I want with my work. Year after year, it gets a little too. better and I see all my accomplishments. My husband has a different view. Oh. He usually doesn't say anything, but when he does, it's such a shock to hear his perspective. He makes me feel bad. Shit. He doesn't see any accomplishment or success. He thinks... I'm poor. He fears being uh, he fears being poor. I don't think I'm poor at all. I think poverty is a state of mind. He thinks money is the prime goal and anything less is failure. I see it as, damn, you can imagine something in your mind, bring it into reality with your hands and people respond to it. They actually trade their hard-earned money for it. You're not a consumer, but a creator. You pay all your bills and are living your best life. Isn't that more important? You only have one life to live on this rock in space. Why not seek to be self-actualized? You've told stories of trying to keep the lights on, and you were also having fun even though it was hard. Has anyone tried to shame you for being poor? 
what are your thoughts about being labeled poor versus the lifestyle of an artist? What's your perspectives on the difference? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, as long as you're keeping your lights on, well, I think no, in this, no, yeah, in this no way, re- it's like, ain't no need to be shaming nobody, right? Between, I think but when that, it's like a relationship, you know, when it's a relationship, yeah, you're sharing your finances. When I you're sh- that's hmm. a difference, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't do relationships, so <laughs> exactly. Uh, I can't. I don't really have a perspective on that what, what part would, of it. What do you think you would do if you had a husband and he said, you're, "Why are you so poor? What you're doing is a waste of time because you're not making any money." Well, he wouldn't be my husband, <laughs> exactly, girl. But that's not what I mean. You know, I know that the, there are differences, and there's and everyone's life has different set of circumstances. Um, that brings them to their partner. Uh, so for me, that wouldn't, that person wouldn't be in my life. Uh, but I think that it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pervasive perspective. I think a lot of people think that way and I don't think it's their fault. I think we were that, just talking about this earlier. Yeah. It's not their fault. Uh, it's not your fault. It's not her fault. It's not, it's not her fault. Um, it's society. I mean, it's just the way that people are raised. Mm-hmm. I think, and people that aren't artists. Why yeah. would you do a job if it wasn't paying you good money? Because they don't. I don't think they get as much out of their jobs as artists get out of creating. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. I think it's. I think it's hard for them to conceptualize enjoying their work. Right. Most people hate one. their jobs. I think it's a little bit of jealousy. Okay. I think somebody's a little... Call her peanut butter because she just... She's a little jealous. peanut butter because she's a little bit jelly, darling. So um, I think there's a little bit of that as well. Has anyone ever shamed you for being poor? Anyone ever Do shamed you me for being poor? you consider yourself poor? Yeah, for sure. But it's not like... I mean, I always have been. <laughs> I've never had any money. Uh, to speak of probably it, it depends on the perspective that you uh, poor is a controversial word uh, is it not it is i guess so i'm weird we're both part of you know the working poor yes i mean we're not upper middle class that's for sure i don't even, even know middle if we're middle class. class we're not girl we're poor i don't know why you think we're not <laughs> we are poor well <laughs> I don't know. We pay our bills. This we, is what she's saying. We pay our bills, and you pay your all of your bills through your art. I'm would like to be there, but right. have not been. Right, but that's the thing. It's like paying your bills by doing what you love to do, and takes a lot less budget than paying your bills from some job you hate to feel like you're poor or feel like you're whatever rich or poor or whatever you know what i mean it's a different scale like i'm paying all my bills but i also make my own schedule i have no boss i don't have to answer to anybody okay so that's a lot that's worth something you know what i mean yeah then like then like i want to take a vacation but i can't because i only get two weeks off a year you know what i mean stuff like that and i guess when i was working as just as mainly as a drag queen No, I mean, it wasn't, I was surrounded by 
it's who it's it's who you surround yourself with, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I, nobody ever came for us for not having a lot of money because nobody had any because money. yeah, nobody had a lot of money, and the people that did have a lot of money didn't talk just, about it. Tra- yeah, that's they didn't. The trade that's the trade that you make for living in New York. Yeah, and being an art being an artist in New York, the trade you make is money. I mean, you don't, you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't feel like it because of the lifestyle living in New York City affords you. Um, and it's a nightlife specific. I mean, we lived a very glamorous lifestyle, yeah. um, but had zero dollars to our names. Mm-hmm. But it didn't so matter because we didn't, it have didn't to matter spend any money because we didn't have to. Well, we we made a life for ourselves that we didn't need that, you know. I guess, no, I've never been shamed for being poor. I don't have a, well, I think a lot of people's family, a lot of artists' families shame them for being poor. Uh, yours included. Yeah. Uh, but that I don't, I'm not close with my family, so they don't really have an opportunity to shame me. And even if they did have something to say, I don't think that I would really care all that much. But no, I know for sure that I wouldn't give two <laughs> shits. Uh, so, Yeah. That's never really been a problem for me, and I'm sorry that it's a problem for you, Shelley. Um, that seems very unfair, especially if your your bills are getting paid. Um, but I think that that perspective is changeable. Um, in some of the ways that we just illustrated, I think that those I think those perspectives can be undone. I think that maybe address like the metrics that he's using maybe that will maybe that's something that could change his perspective like you were just saying mm-hmm. like if you want to measure things out all of the things that you get that aren't money are worth something yep do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you were just saying all of the not having a boss what else did you say being on your own working on being your own, own schedule, schedule um Time for liking what you do. Liking what you do. (laughs) Those things are those. If you want to assign, maybe do that for yourself. Assign a dollar. Ask ex your hips bent. What dollar? What a money? You know what a dollar amount that he would put on having those things for himself. Yeah. How much money would you give up Mm. to be able to have those things? Yeah. Like how much would how much of a pay cut would you take? If you were able Hello. to have those things. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. So try that. Axial Hut spent what he, you know, how much money he would sacrifice to be able to have all the things that you have. In a real way. Like if you were if you could have this job gave you these these amount would money really be would yeah. you really take the money over all of these other freedoms that you do you know what I mean? Yep. Maybe the answer would be yes, but I doubt that it would. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly we are on your side, Shelley. <laughs> Girl, make your art. I mean, clearly yeah. we are on your side. Yeah. Uh, I find that incredibly impressive. And I actually went on and I looked at what it is that you create. And it's extremely impressive, uh, difficult metal sculptures. Did you look at it? Yeah, Indio Metal Arts. Indio Metal Arts. Um, I admire... IndioMetalArts.com. Dot com. I, am, I admire 
uh, sculpture a lot. Yeah. Because it was the only, it's the only other medium that I showed any proficiency for mm-hmm. was sculpture. I did it a lot in high school. Uh, I was terrible at drawing, uh, not super great at painting. Um, but sculpture, I was pretty good at. Mostly clay. I did a few multimedia things, but mostly clay. And I would argue that some of the things that I created for myself to wear have been pretty sculptural. True. Um, Especially the hats. Yeah. So, uh, especially the hats. <laughs> say something hat day. It's every day to say something hat day. Well, these recent days have not been say something hat days. Because you're too tall. And you'll hit the I'm too, fan. Yeah, I'm too tall. And if I have a hat on, it will get caught in the fan in the living room. <laughs> so that's why nothing's, that's the main reason why there's been nothing on my head whatsoever. Uh, I don't want it to get caught in the fan. <laughs> hit the fan. But Shelly, we're with you, honey. Uh, I appreciate you and I appreciate your questions and I appreciate your art. Um, I'm always in awe of people that can create uh, in that fashion. So that's such a, it's so violent. Does that make sense? It's such a violent way to create something. I find that very, and dangerous. It's I dangerous. Find it, I find it very, uh, Welding I admire it. And- yeah, I admire it a lot. Um, we admire you. Thank you for your question. Thanks questions. for your question. If you guys, uh, listeners out there, if you have any more questions that you'd like us to answer on Turning Purple, <laughs> oh, write us at turningpurplepod at gmail.com. Yes, do it. What have you done for you lately? I know what you've I've done. done. Well, what have you done for you lately? Well, Go we've been it. doing all sorts of things for ourselves lately. We're starting a television studio. <laughs> We're starting a television station. Oh um, my it's God. very exciting. Uh, it seems very complicated. It looks like you figured some of it out. What we're talking about is we've ordered all these bits and baubles to bring a higher quality. We haven't. We're going to begin using them. It begins today. It begins today. We're going to begin using them for the YouTube uh, version of the podcast next week. Uh, Because we have a few things to figure out. Season two. Um, But, and we'll be in a different location. Won't that be fun? A location. What? You don't like my bedroom? Your bedroom is very lovely. But. Erica hates it. So we're moving. (laughs) Not true. We're not. We're gonna go in your bedroom. I'm not gonna go in my bedroom. We could do it from. We could do it in the. We could do it each from our own beds. Mm. We could do that. We could do. We have options. She doesn't want I'm to be saying. close to me anymore, guys. It's it's just too much. I just can't take it. <laughs> um, and you smell. <laughs> um, wonderful, we're, like a rose. Uh, I know. I, I smell good. You smell really good. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move around, and uh, we've got. 
we've got but what, webcams what talk, yeah. and lights and, and lights and all this stuff. We that's what we had did cords. for us. That's what we had did for us lately. We done did that. We did that. We did that. I have been doing great. I you think, tweeted on Twitter on Twitter this week. Twitter and she and, tweeted about uh, something random. I tweeted about something random, which I never do, um, and I didn't die. Did not get struck by lightning. I didn't get struck by lightning. I didn't pee my pants or puke. So there. So that 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 happened. But there's a reason. There's another reason for that, which I'll get into later. But yeah, and I did that. I did it on some Instagramming as well. I I used iMovie on my phone for the oh, first you know time what? ever to put a song. We didn't even post that Instagram about the show. We took an Instagram before the show to promote for the show. And then we didn't post it. Oh, um, well. We'll do it after. We'll do it after. I Damn mean, it. We had meant to. We, we, we had good intentions. We had good intentions. You know what? It's, we're going to be compassionate with ourselves. It's a lot to keep up with this television network. It's, yeah, it is. But you got a program that you learned how to use. Yeah. Um, for so two. we'll now be broadcasting to Instagram Live via the the laptop instead of analog through your phone so it's going to be a lot better quality and that'll be cool and we can do all different kinds of like things and pictures and different and camera different angles. angles bitch we got angles we honey. got angles good that footage honey good that footage good that footage um so so yeah it's fun i think it'll be um you know just like we were saying before, I, the journey never ends. The journey never ends. I've fallen <laughs> off of my fitness. I've yeah, completely. Me too. Completely At least I'm still off. on the diet, so I don't feel like I'm gaining weight. I yeah, I don't feel like I'm gaining weight, but I'm definitely not. I'm I not felt interested. like I was increasing my we level still, of fitness. We still walk a little. We still walk uh, not as much as we were. No, we were doing it every morning. I'm going to do for myself. I'm going to make a. Uh, Cookies tomorrow? <laughs> probably. I'm probably going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to make cookies. But the cookies. thing is, I'm, now that I have this new lifestyle, I have all these recipes for those, things that I love that don't that are not bad for you. Bitch, those cookies, though. Those cookies are good. Mm, I made some, I made some uh, lectin-free cookies. keto cookies. Keto. So it's okay for me because I'm on keto. Mm-hmm. And she's on, what is, it, what, is, what is your diet called? It's called the Plant Paradox Plan. Oh, wow. um, that's a long name for a it diet. Is, but it's not really even a diet. I mean, it's it's, it's a based on these books called The Plant Paradox. Um, and it's a, le- it's a lectin-free lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lectin-free lifestyle. Wow. It um, is. Don't make fun of me, bitch. It works. I mean, I think that, yeah. I mean, like, you eat more stuff than I do. Yeah. So... And it's working. Anyway, what was I doing? I lost, I lost my train of thought. You were going to make threw me off. something and not cookies about your fitness. You've been working oh, on your fitness, I'm gonna but make, you haven't. Uh, I'm going to a little schedule for myself uh, because I, I purchased all of these uh, stretching products. Right. Um, Erica, you don't want to talk about that on the show, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, well, I talked about it on Johnny's podcast. I don't know if I talked about it on this one. I ordered uh, some stretching straps uh, for my legs and a uh, foot stretcher you can for my foot and uh, for my feet so that I can maintain the level of 
my the height of my heels into my old age. Mm. Um, anyway, but those products have to be used uh, on a warm body. I can't just use them whenever. So I need to make a, I'm going to do like a three day, I'm going to give myself a full class, like dance class, three days a week and uh, use my stretching tools on three days a week. Yeah. I don't know. Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I need to get because back I can't on use it. Them. But... I can't use those tools unless I'm completely warmed up. I shouldn't. Mm. So, yeah, I've uh, been. That's my plan. And we, I mean, I got to. We can walk still. Well, we just got to st- do it earlier in the morning. That's all. Yeah, we still walk. But, you know, but we I haven't. haven't not have I day. done any type of. I, would, I did some last week, didn't I? No. Yeah. We haven't done anything. I've been doing more stretching than anything. Because if I don't stretch, then I've then my body just hurts. We finished uh, a completely new track for Lady of the Night. Yes, we did. And it is banging. It is a banger, ladies and gentlemen. For, for Erica's it gives new me song. Called Lady of the Night. It's um we're gonna be it'll be coming out in a few weeks when we whenever we get the video together. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'm so happy with it. Yeah, we basically started over. Because it just wasn't working. It was old. It was an old idea from 2015. Yeah. So then we were trying to like figure out like, should we update it? Should we add to it? Should we take away from it? Because it wasn't ever really finished. And then and then we just decided to like start over and produce a new track for it and like we, we kept, kept one, one element. We kept one element <laughs> and two. Then, we kept two elements. And then um basically did a whole new thing around it. But it only took what, a couple hours? Yeah, and it's Great. Yeah. I'm really the best really production happy with doesn't it. take forever. If it's taking forever, there's probably something there's something wrong. wrong. Yeah. Uh and I felt like we were just kind of not I felt like it was wasn't getting anywhere trying to jam new things into this old track. Yeah. So we just started pretty much over. And it is great. I am yeah. so happy with it. it you did cute. a wonderful job, Adam Joseph. Oh, well, thank you. I'm very proud of you. Um, and we <laughs> recorded the vocals on my new interface, and they sound so beautiful. Yeah, they do sound really good. So, um, so yeah, that'll be coming out soon. Um, Anything else? What have you done for Anything you? else you would like to do? Um, I'm still working on recording that song. I've been, like, kind of, de- you know, detoured from... Which one? Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Yes, that's a good one. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been procrastinating a little bit, but also been like recording other things that people are paying me to working. record. So, you know, you've been up here working. It's not like we sometimes you got to put the paying ones at the top of the pile. We've been doing a lot for the past 10 weeks. We really every, have. Every week. This past week, I think both of us needed a little bit of a break. Yeah. I mean, I made cookies twice. Right. But still, I mean, I mean, I do stuff every day. I don't know, except for on the weekends. Then I try to like not do so much. Yeah, we try to have a weekend. But I'm very proud of what we've been accomplishing. Um, yeah, and uh, and I think that if I get on some sort of a fitness schedule, there's a bunch of things Ugh, that it's I, getting hotter too. Though it makes it working out so much less. Ex- we can do Bikram in the backyard, though. Oh, we do a Bikram class right outside. Yeah. I don't know. I just, 
I just haven't really been. You haven't been feeling it. Not feeling it. I guess I'm just going to be scrawny for the rest of my life. That's just the way it is. I, th- I mean, until well, they, the funny train? thing is, they opened up the gi- they opened up the gym <laughs> yesterday. The grass is always greener. They opened up the gym yesterday, Darling. but I won't be going there for I quite would trade a while. For your body type any day of the week. Won't be going to the gym. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna have to like you know force myself to do my little workout routine at home. At least I'm gonna say three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I can do it. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We get it. We can both I can do just it. Look forward to not doing it on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My the routine that I have the routine that I have intended for myself is pretty extensive. It's gonna take a few hours. So Oh, see, I'm not doing all that. Yeah. It's gonna take a couple hours. So I'm just gonna need to just get lean into it because I have some goals. Uh, some fitness goals in mind and I would like to and some flexibility goals in mind and I'd like to achieve them so next week I'm going to start alright stretch it out um, but um, speaking of stretching, stretching out. things out uh, I had a question for <laughs> you Erica <laughs> um, what's your question how's your head Oh my gosh, Elvira, I'm sorry. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. How's your head? I haven't had any complaints yet. Excuse me? Haven't had any complaints. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Well, here's the thing. I, Have I'm you had very, a complaint? I'm excited, I'm excited about. I'm excited. I'm very excited for this segment uh, today because I have a lot to share. Mm-hmm. Let's start with uh, this time. This day last week. Tuesday last week was not a good day for me. Oh my god! Or Wednesday? I was uh, or Wednesday. <laughs> I was in a foul mood pretty much the entire day, which is weird because um, usually we're happy to do Tuesdays because we do the podcast. I we don't do know what happened. The live stream living. I room. felt like we were pressed for time, um, and that's yeah, kind of well, what we started that's late. What, that's what triggered my anxiety, and my anxiety. Uh, spun out of control. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time we got to the recording, uh, I was I was able, I think, to get my energy up enough to do the... The podcast was okay. The you podcast seemed okay was on good. the podcast. I think this, the podcast was actually a good podcast. I listened back to it. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, it was, it it was did, really I didn't, after... I, I didn't sound on the podcast like I was feeling. Right. But it was only just starting on the podcast. Once we got to, we just kept getting further and further behind, and I kept getting more and more anxious. Uh, mm. And then we did the living living room show, and we got kicked off, right? And it, it was a real bummer. And we started late and got kicked off, and it was a bummer. And I was just sullen afterwards, <laughs> just pissed and i'm just completely like completely silent like who cares it's instagram live well like, girl what is not, the it can't deal? control yeah and that sort of reaction doesn't help p.s <laughs> um and you know that but i just think but, it's, i just think it's interesting how like we've already talked about this like how like taking things too seriously can yes but here's take the thing when it's, when it's when it's your art in the and, moment when it's when i've on an anxiety spiral 
um, and it's just been building throughout the day. There's nothing. I mean, I can't. Right. I can get to a point where I can't really snap out of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's not within my control. Snap out of it. It's not really within my control anymore. I've just gone inside and it's going to take a while to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you were, we started like 10 minutes late because I was trying to figure out the sound and it was like really not working last week. And, um, you know, we also started late with the podcast. We didn't have enough time to like set everything up and all that. Blah, I was blah, just blah, getting, blah. I was and anxious was, and overwhelmed. And so like by, you know, we were supposed to start at seven and we started at like seven ten. which in my mind, it's like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like it's Instagram in mind, live. Like, we're late. And, and, we're late. and I'm late. like, we're late for who? Because, you know, people are just going to randomly watch this anyway. And, um, you know, this is not Saturday Night Live here. Um, this is us doing a thing through your phone on Instagram. Um, and uh, and then we got kicked off um, because Instagram Live will kick people off for playing music. So that's yes. just the way it is. That's just the way it is. So, and like, it's probably going to happen. And then we, and then, but, but before just, we even started, you were like, should we even do it? Let's, like, let, what's the point? And blah, blah, blah. I was and already like, in a bad place. I'm like, before girl, we even like, started it's it. fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But you were, yeah, you were already past the point of no return at that point. I was. Uh, so, but the day after, yeah, I began my microdosing journey. I am. I've decided to start microdosing mushrooms because of. I don't know why you find it so hilarious. Because <laughs> uh, when I think about a, mushrooms, I think about tripping. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing here. Um, and the thing is, you're like, well, why wouldn't you just, you said this to me, actually. I was like, why you wouldn't take, why wouldn't you just take prescriptions? Well, you could go take a prescription. And my response to that is very simple. Prescriptions have a lot of side effects. I've been on prescriptions and I'm very, uh, sensitive to scripts. More sensitive than other drugs. Mm -hmm. So that's why. And also, like, they're so much more powerful and they do so many more things to you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just, there's like lots of physical, like, they read all them, them side effects on the commercials. Yeah. Like, you really, that's really what you wanna, like, you, that re- is really more acceptable to you than something that's completely natural and I know is how it's gonna affect me. I'm asking. You. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I just think, um, yeah, no, it is, it's It's interesting. I think that... Um, because you seemed very shocked. Well, I mean, it's atypical, you know what I mean? It's not like the normal that you hear people saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking mushrooms every day, you know? Yes. Uh, I get that, but in I don't. I think that it's a lot less dangerous. A lot less dangerous, probably, than a lot of the other poisons that people are ingesting. Um, I mean, if it works, on a it daily works. basis, uh, you're taking. If your like, scripts work for you, you're taking amazing. like a tiny, but tiny, tiny. Never bit. worked for me. If your scripts work for you, then by all means, keep taking them. And if they make your life better, more power to you. I'm so happy for you. But they never did for me. 
but as I mentioned before, but you never I'm really had any on... experience other than like what when you were in college. Yes. So uh, as I mentioned before, that was the only time that I was on them, and it was a terrible experience. But I've taken other script prescriptions throughout my life that were not prescribed to me, and they had very, very dramatic effects on me physically. And the reality of the situation is, you didn't have health insurance until a few weeks ago. So you wouldn't even have been able to get on a prescription without exactly. it costing thousands of dollars. But I've also mentioned that at this point in my life, I think I'm ready to, I was, I'm leaning towards exploring some way of leveling me out because I don't like how easily I'm thrown off. It's like 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 that. What happened on Wednesday? It's just it's a it's an avalanche that once it gets started, it's almost impossible for me to stop myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. It's always You're been like, strong. It's always been that way, but uh, I don't uh, I don't like it. And I, for the first time in my life, actively seeking out ways to negate that. And I did some research on microdosing uh, and I decided to start. So I started last Wednesday and I have to say that it is pretty amazing. You do My seem mood different. has the anxiety that I have. It's only been a week and... So I'm kind of I'm trying to not get too excited about it because I do have a tendency to convince myself things are working for me that aren't working. It's kind of been a pattern throughout my life. So, uh, but there are some dramatic effects. I'm still tweaking the dosage. I think that I've gotten it right. I think today I think I've gotten it right. I started with around around 150 milligrams, and then and I've been decreasing it. Uh, till yesterday and then yesterday didn't seem like it was enough so i'm i think i've settled on um 100 milligrams mm. i think because i went down to 90 yesterday and it didn't really seem like it was enough so i think t- today has been pretty smooth sailing um but the effects are kind of miraculous and i'm not saying anybody go out there and do this. You, you need to do what's right for you and do a lot of research before you start doing anything. Um, and it's not super legal, but it, everywhere. <laughs> it's not super legal everywhere. But that's never stopped But that's never before. stopped us from doing anything before. And uh, I'm kind of gagged at the results, um, even just with this week. The baseline level of anxiety that I feel from morning till night is gone. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. And I know that's like a big statement, but it just isn't. It's not there anymore. Like I generally, when I wake up in the morning uh, till when I go to bed at night, have this buzzing of anxiety. Just this is just always there and it's always been there. Um, but it is not anymore. And I haven't, I mean, it's like I said, it's only been a week. So the anxiety that I usually feel, it's not completely, uh, 
all levels of anxiety have not completely disappeared. I think that would be weird if they had. But the weird, but the like, the continuous nagging anxiety that I feel most of the time is completely gone. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty amazing. Um, I also, but you don't feel high. No, the first day I did. Mm-hmm. I felt. Uh, I don't know if you all have ever taken shrooms there's kind of this a body high that happens first it's kind of like a fluttery some people feel like they're gonna puke um feeling when you do like a major trip um i got that like at a very diminished yeah capacity i I felt like a little fluttery inside and a little bit speedy Mm -hmm. um but and i've also felt much more kind of uh, emotional, not emotional, not an out of control. More emotional? Not out of, <laughs> not, yeah, not an out of control emotion. Uh, the emotions that I have are, it's hard to explain. The emotions that I've been having are closer to the surface. They seem more accessible, but also more under control at the same time Mm. it's bizarre it doesn't make sense to me either yet i'm still trying to figure out what it means but the thing is i've been getting mistier easier opening up parts of your brain yeah i've been getting uh things have been affecting me more deeply than they normally would have but my reaction to the those to the those emotions has been more positive Mm -hmm. less uh ego yeah associated with you because like i got some in like uh some very insightful information from a reiki healer a long time ago at a random bar at a random place uh but i oh i I carry it with me and i've never forgotten it as uh emotions are fleeting everything else is ego Mm -hmm. like they but like especially anger uh, the actual emotions themselves are last seconds. What happens, what you carry with you is your ego. Yep. It's your feelings about, it's your uh, perception of those feelings mm-hmm. um, and what you choose to hang on to. Um, but the actual experience is very fleeting. Yeah. The rest is your ego. And I guess... I've been experiencing far less ego around. I've been just able to just feel right these feelings that I have and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll give you a for I'll give you a for instance. Yesterday, uh, I spent pretty much the entire day making an out- a new outfit uh, out of this beautiful uh, mirrored material that was extremely difficult to work with. Uh, it kind of was giving my both of my machines a tough time. So it was it was giving me drama. It wasn't an easy going. But number one, I didn't get super frustrated and like give up, which usually would have happened. And he, and it ultimately, when I was done with the garments, I did not like the way that they looked on me. Mm-hmm. They weren't wearable. I uh, <clears throat> and I was for a very brief time upset about that. But I pretty much immediately let it go, which has never in my life happened before. 
And it's not, and it wasn't even conscious. It just like melted away. It's like it didn't even fuck. I didn't care. Like it didn't matter. Right. Like, but that's why sh- not. Me. Why should you matter? Why should you care? Well, but you do you understand that that <clears throat> isn't me? It's the is the the payoff of getting really angry and letting it affect you more. That's not than this is, this is what we're talking about. Right why now. I'm talking you know, about that that this. That it. That's. Do you not think you had any control I, over the way that it affect that? Do you let it affect you? No. Hmm. Not previously. Well, no, but I'm saying I yesterday. It now, yeah. Well, I like, felt like it's I, your decision whether this is going to upset you, yes. or, or whether you're going to let before, this upset you, or you're going to be able to let it just just let it go. If I'm going to be able able to let it go, because. Previously, things like once I get to a place, once something has affected me in a, in a certain way, the rever- reversal, it just has to play itself out. Hmm. The reversal is almost impossible for me. It's impos- It's it's very difficult for me to reverse some a process once it's started. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't. I was upset about it. I was like... It couldn't have been more than a few, like, 20 minutes, maybe. Because I was kind of fussing with it in the mirror, Mm -hmm. trying to make it work. And I asked you your opinion. And and I took it off. And I put all my shit away. And by the time I put my sewing machine away and cleaned up, I was over it. Yeah. And that's... I'm going to tell you that that is the first time something like that has happened to me in my entire life. Hmm. So, and I don't, I, I can't, it couldn't, I don't think it's just, could be just a placebo effect. I, the, 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 the things that I'm experiencing are so far from anything that I've experienced before in my life that I can't imagine that it's just me convincing myself that it's working because I've never been able to do that before ever. Mm -hmm. So. Well, good. It's extremely exciting that this is the, these are things. So you're not going to be so so down and bitchy all the time now. <laughs> wow. Because I just assume wow. that it's I just assume that it's always my fault, and I, it was something I did, and she's mad at me. But come to ter- come to find out, it's not. All about me. It's all not, the time. No, it it's isn't. Isn't that shocker. crazy? So shocking. It's news to me. I know. I know. It's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to, to wrap my head around that. But yes. sometimes people As just a, have their yes. own problems. I they know. don't have anything to do with you. It's difficult. But they As do. But they take them out male. on you. <laughs> they do take them out on you for no reason whatsoever. There's, so. there's reason. <laughs> there's reason. Uh, but those reasons were have been out of my control. I just feel like I'm much more in control of your emotions. Neg- not, well, no, not in control. I'm in. Con- I don't know. It's hard. It's very difficult to explain. But I feel like I'm able able to observe my emotions. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're easier to access number one but i also feel like the way that they affect me isn't as serious or long lasting right it's not as severe up in it's here. not as severe it's like i find myself being affected 
more often mm-hmm. by more things. Right. Like I've gotten misty a lot of times, more than I usually do. It's very easy for me to cry, but I and it's I've felt that type of emotion even more, but it's lo- much more fleeting. Well, good. And it feels good afterwards. Good. So work it out. So far, so good, y'all. So far, so fucking good. I mean, I that's mean, the I, thing with with. I mean, going on. You can probably figure out what is the proper dosage when you're doing something like this a lot faster than if you were going to a psychiatrist and they prescribed you one thing and then you see them a month or two later and you're like, this is too much or this exactly. isn't enough. And blah, blah, blah. It takes and you six months to adjust your dosage to the right amount. Especially since I've had, I, I did research and I've not looking, I know what the effects. I know what effect I was looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of experience with this particular drug. Yeah. And so I know I, I spent an entire summer taking it almost every day, like in large amounts. Mm-hmm. But if not, like not every day, a few times a week. But so needless to say, I have a lot of experience. So yeah, it is much easier for me. Like it only took me a week. Mm-hmm. To adjust, yeah, because the effects are um, perceivable. Yeah, it was easy for me to tweak my dose up and down a few yeah. milligrams. I mean, most of those drugs take two weeks to just to kick in. Exactly. So, and this kicked in to me. Like you take it, right? And you know, oh, she kicks. Twenty minutes later, she kicks. <laughs> you don't have to wait yeah. for any sort of cumulative. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the cumulative effects will be even greater mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm definitely feeling more creative and more focused, but those effects are less than the anti-anxiety effects. And I'm hoping that the, those effects will raise yeah. along with the anti-anxiety effect, like the anti-anxiety effects that mm-hmm. it's having. So, I don't well, know. I don't want to. I don't want to promote Erica to er- illegal drug use from magic mushrooms. But honey, I mean nothing. Mushrooms, caterpillars, two, two drops, drops in, in the, the garden. Um. Well, that's great. <laughs> I'm glad that you've taken a step toward um feeling better. I guess. Yeah. It's good. Uh, what have your observations been? I'm not you've acting been much. Nuts. You've been. You're not acting nuts. You've you've been just acting more like you're having a good day as opposed to having a shitty day. Yeah. So I haven't really had a shitty day. I guess I've been doing something right because obviously your mood is directly, <laughs> directly, uh, you know, affected by everything that I do. Um, yeah, I um, and I've been finding it much easier. to to, I don't know. I've just been finding it this whole situation much more tenable. Is that a word? I think so. Because <laughs> untenable is so I, tenable must be yeah. a word, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like we've. I've been enjoying being like your presence much more. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> much more because she hated being around. No, me before I didn't this. hate being around you before. It's just like this is a. 
it's a tough situation. Yeah, but I've just been—I don't know—I've been realizing how much, how much I enjoy you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, I did not want to get out of bed this morning. I woke up at three a.m. and had a few cups of coffee and went back to sleep. Wow! And slept for a good long. Three and a half extra hours. Yeah, you slept a while. I was in. I was. But that's good. But or are you feeling like a depression coming on? I don't feel as good as I normally do. Okay, but um, who knows? You know what I mean. Um, yeah, you seem a little seem a little down. I'm a little down. Um, and I don't. I don't know exactly why. So that's probably just Sometimes. regular good old depression. Yeah. You just um, don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, pushing through, got to get the work done, and then everything else is, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Not every day is going to be the best day, so, you know. I mean, and that is the thing. Um, that's what life I feel like some That's people every is. day is the best day. I don't know. I, I, I or just every don't day is just what, like the same day. I would much rather have ups and downs. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it used to be for me like every day was kind of the same day. I didn't feel a shift in the way that I felt. Um, but then once my depression really kicked in in my late 20s, it's never been the same. It's always been I feel good today, I feel okay today, or I feel like... Uh, I want to go jump off a bridge. So, you know, I'm just driving towards the bridge now. So, <laughs> um, but I'll be okay. Uh, I just, you know, um, but yeah, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm starting to cycle faster and then I maybe, like I, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have to go on it. drugs now. Um, who knows? I should probably be seeing a therapist, but uh, until that's included in my health insurance program, I guess I'll just have to call my sister and talk about it because I'm not sure. Certainly, you nothing's going to create more anxiety me. for me than having to pay a psychiatrist on a whatever monthly basis or whatever. Like, screw that. Um, so I love talking about people problems. Well, it's not so much about talking about the problems. I think it's more about the chemical imbalance in my head. Mm. And um, something that I would probably have to go on drugs if I really wanted to completely resolve. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, my I was always such an interest, like introspection was always such a huge part of my life. Uh, it's what gave me normalcy. It's hard to explain. I, I recently... A few years ago, I reconnected with someone from that I was friends with in high school, um, and she brought up something that I had forgotten—not forgotten, but just don't. It was just a, became a part of my life, so, so I didn't really think about it. Um, I needed a lot of time to think alone, and I did it. I did this every day. I would just sit in my room in silence and think mm-hmm. for hours. Weirdo. I would just think, I would think about everything. And I didn't even it's just part of my life. So I didn't think about I I rarely do I think about how not everybody does this. 
But not everybody does this. This is just, this is how my brain has always worked. When I was uh, from childhood through high school, I would sit alone by myself in silence, just thinking, thinking about things that people had said to me, thinking about things that I wished that I had said, thinking about imagining other scenarios, imagining other lives for myself, um, thinking about active imagination. I just would have to, I would, but the thing is I would need it. And if I didn't, if I didn't get to do that, then I would feel out of control. So I, for myself, uh, analyzing things has been a way trying you can't understand everything but trying to understand everything has while i think some people it would drive nuts some people don't want to do that i think a lot most people don't want to do that for me it was always extremely comforting trying to work out every possible scenario maybe it's ocd probably trying to work it i found it extremely comforting sitting by myself going over like the entire day in my mind, things that I wish I had had said and, and possible like nightmare scenarios, like everyone dying horribly and also really great scenarios of like me being a princess. Um, okay. Interesting. Don't shame me. I didn't, I didn't say anything. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. (laughs) That's, but this is something, this is what I, uh, so that's where the that's where you got the I always imagine the worst possible scenario came from. Yes, because I find it comforting. I imagine. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I, I'm sure I have. I must have shared this. But yeah, I imagine uh, everyone that I love dying horribly all the time. I don't think I've ever heard that. I, I really only learned I about. Do. I, I really only learned about the fact that you s- go through that you always jump to the worst possible, uh, s- like the worst possible situation coming out of you know what you're going through when we started um, moving here, you know, and and it was like we were we we were making a lot of big decisions about you know like we got to get this apartment, blah, 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 blah. You know, just like moving decisions and all this. Uh-huh. Like, got to, you know, and you're like, but what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And I'm always like, shut up. Like, it's not going to happen. It's fine. Like, why are you always assuming the worst? Like, you did, like but the thing is, you know, it's not to me, it's not, it doesn't make me, some people that, I guess most people that it makes, uh, it makes them scared. Well, yeah, because I'm like, well, it sure, make me scared. sure, that could happen, but why would comforting. you? Why would you have even want to worry about that until you had to? Because it's comforting. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's comforting. In, that's in just that, like that's one of my things. I think what's more comforting for me is to assume that everything's gonna be okay. I think, and the, then if I it think, all falls apart, then you do have to deal with it. Yeah, that's just a part of how my brain has always worked, um, and maybe these you know, daily hallucinogens will uh, help me rewire that a little bit Uh, because it is tedious, but that has been a coping mechanism throughout my entire life, imagining the worst. Mm -hmm. I find it extremely comforting. Um, Like, 
I love the people in my life so much. Uh, you would think that imagining them all dying horribly would be like terrifying to me. Yeah. But it isn't. I feel if for me, it's like prep. It's like prep work because everybody dies. Right. Um, I feel like yeah. if I imagine the most horrible thing happening possible, that when something horrible oh. does happen, I will have already thought about it. I'll be prepared. Hmm. That's where that that's how that logic goes. And I know that I'm not the only person in the world that thinks like this. I might be in the minority, but I have I know that I'm not the only one. Okay. Hmm. And I think the reason that I brought this up <laughs> was that I uh I wish that processing um emotions uh and emotional states verbally i wish that you got as much out of that as i do because you were just saying like you think that you would need like you know that the medication would be the part of it that would be the most helpful for you um yeah i just wish that because i get so much out of just talking about shit and us like exploring where it might come from yeah and because as as much as it is definitely due to a chemical imbalance in your brain mm -hmm. uh everyone's brain chemistry is different and everyone's experiences are different um and your experiences impact all of your decisions all mm -hmm. of your past experiences you carry them all with you you yeah. know so yeah. I find I just wish that it gave you more, um, more comfort. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's I've tried to examine why I felt the way I felt, and most of the time it doesn't really seem to be connected to much, you know. And so, you know, sometimes I'll get really depressed when everything is going perfectly fine. Sometimes yeah, that's I'll be the way that super works. super happy when. You know, everything is falling apart, but I'll just be like, oh, whatever, it's cool. Um, you know, it just depends on, I don't know what it depends on. It just depends on the the way that I feel. So, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is, I think. And um, I've, you know, I just, I guess I, I find comfort in exploring. Well, we are exploring. We do a weekly would be a weekly segment on our podcast about exactly. how we are feeling in our heads. And this is it right now. Yeah. But um, I'm going to have to cut you off, Erica, because Why? we've gone way over time. Oh, don't. And we don't want our listeners to get, you know. Everyone says that they love how long it is. I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, Meh. that's what she said. Okay. Um, so... Until next time. So how do you, wait, that's until no, next you season. Can't end something like that. <laughs> that is not how we're ending. I thought this. we were done. You can't just be like, until next time. <laughs> that's we've got horrible. A, we've got a lot of um, cool things coming up for season two. We wanted to talk about that. Yeah. We're going we're, to start doing after hours. Yeah. Additional podcast after people show. Been, because people have been asking how they can support um and you know other than just throwing out a venmo 
We, which is totally fine totally with us. Totally fine with us. At Adam uh, Joseph Music, at Erica Tour on Venmo. If you guys have enjoyed this season, you want to give us a little tip, yeah, go for go it. Go right ahead. But we decided, you know, everybody's doing Patreons, it seems like. So why not try and do one for ourselves? We're going to do a Patreon podcast for our listeners that you guys can subscribe to monthly. And, um, and there'll also, be an uh, extra episode along with all with each public episode that we do for and turning purple. We're also going to include um all of our all catalogs of, our of catalogs music. of music and uh current releases when and, they're released. And Erica's nudes. There will be no nudes. <laughs> there are actually no nudes of me in existence. Yeah. Because <laughs> she is not that kind of girl. Isn't that crazy? Um but yeah, so so we'll be talking more about that at the beginning of season two, which will be coming up, I guess, next week. Are we going to take a week off? Who knows? I don't know. I haven't decided. But we have some plans. Uh, we've got some ideas. If y'all are having any ideas, or if y'all, if we, if there's something that you would like to hear us speak more about, or something completely new, please let us know because. We are going back to the drawing board and try and come up with another tan. Uh, but we're still, so. still going to have the same, you know, we're still going to be talking a bunch between me and Erica, but we're also going to start having guests for the Who Is She so that we can maybe do every short week, little interviews. Maybe not every week. Yeah. But, but we want to continue to um, give exposure to independent artists that might not be known and celebrate them so we're definitely going to continue that and maybe have some some uh artists that you haven't heard of um from around the country here in phoenix and around the country Mm -hmm. as guests to talk on the who is she section of the show so there's lots to look forward to there's lots to look forward to you can hear us on gayest of all time podcast with Mm -hmm. johnny mcgovern um we are on Certain episodes. Look for the episodes where they talk about Adam and Erica because they have a rotating cast for that. And you can see us perform live every Tuesday on Instagram for The Living Room, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on my mm-hmm. Instagram live. And so, yeah, we love you. We love you for listening <laughs> and we love you for your support. This has been wonderful. I've gotten so much out of it. Um, it's been an amazing journey and I can't wait to continue the journey on the next chapter on the next, on the next chapter of turning purple.